Let's go. Before we get oh, cool. Left you oh, okay. That's that one. You had to have met that dude. Yeah, but no, I didn't right. take pictures of him back then. I wasn't ready yet. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned in to the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show. Coming at you from the Valle, San Fernando Valle in Southern Califas today. Sitting across the table from me, sitting my partner in the is Chumahan Bones. Oh, you are sitting in the American Indian, Southern California, elegant barbarian, enjoying my fucking victories in life again. again. Come on. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. On the bay, watching the tide roll away. Oh, yeah. Sitting on the right there. And on sound, old blue eyes himself. That's right, boy. I left my Sean Lewis. Certified audio professional. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. What? Come on. He don't miss a beat, this guy. No, he doesn't. Engineer for the hard luck this show. Is, uh, come on. Yeah. Hey. You must understand uh, the touch yeah. of your hand. He can hit you here. He can hit you with Sade. You might uh, hear the Commodores, uh, man, like right. vinyl. Uh, Baby, some on. Teddy Pettigrass. I mean, this dude is good, Sean. It's, it's yeah. physical. It's that Nigerian in his blood. It's logical. It's logical. It's so logical. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. Oh, what's love got to do? Yeah. Got to do with it. Come on, luck. What's love? But a second hand emotion. What's love got to do? You know what's so great about her, man? Uh, if she was coffee. Like, like if coffee was a human being, it would be Tina Turner. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. Smooth, dark, flavorful. It's talking about smooth and flavorful. You want to introduce? Yeah, after we're done talking oh. about your, your jungle fever infatuation. Listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> You're telling me Tina Turner. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> Come bro. on, bro. Perfect. In her prime. Hot. She was I, trim. You know, be perfect for you. You listen, too would make. I would have yeah. gone into the Thunderdome with her. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it would have been Let's a lot that. of thunder. Very. Attractive. I might have come out of there with broken legs, but I would have been happy. Mm. Mm. Listen, I got, I got a, you know, I got a, a, a number of uh, favorite human beings. Maybe four or five of them on the planet. Today, we're hanging out on the porch with the big homie. Big homie. Big homie. Let's welcome everybody to the show. And we are in the courtyard of Mr. Esteban Oreo. Yeah. Yes. We're on a diplomatic mission. That's his own country right here. All I know is I see glittery uh, blue swimming pool I'm looking at that's glistening. Right. Pines and palm trees around me. Right. 
What do you guys see? I see a sauna. I see a cookies fucking boombox. I, I see, see a, skulls. I see a hammock. Yeah, I see a dope hammock. I see like eight different houses. Yep. Right? Yep. Compound style. Garages. Yeah, this is we're like. We're at the Estevan compound today. You heard of Branch Davidians. Well, right now we're here live <laughs> yes, at Branch yeah. Esteban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Branch Davidians. Uh, yeah, yeah man. man, we're here. Esteban, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, welcome back, back to the what, show. What happened to my song? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, but I didn't even hear it because everybody's like, Where's my fucking song? All right, here we go. And then I'll tell you why I picked that song. Okay, Okay, here we go. Listen, Esteban Oil producing. We're going back to Vibe. What the hell? Somebody do something wrong? Uh oh. Here we go. Esteban, put that gun away. Esteban, we don't need any fucking heaters right now. It's just a regular family show, bro. Put the gun away. Put the clip away, huh? You ain't supposed to put bullets in the clip like that, bro. Come on. What are you doing? Laser sight. What do I know about that? Uh, that's 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 three fingers. You know who that is? Both fingers with two <laughs> crosses in the middle. No. That's D Boy. You know whose son that is? <laughs> no. This uh Big Cobra from Booyah Tribe's son. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And, and his name's D Boy? Yeah. He got like three him. songs and they're they're all bangers. But Damn. you know like you know like when you know we've come up with people for years you know right and then you see their sons yeah that's and their crazy sons start doing dope shit yeah because when, when i met him he was just the the doorman at crazy girls that's pretty dope though i mean and that's uh, dope shit right there and then the la- the next thing i hear is this song i'm like god damn this fool's like he's coming with it you know that's bad and you said how old do you think this kid is bro huh? i'd say he's in his maybe late 20s yeah he, he, he <laughs> But you I, can't tell because, you know, there's right. Samoan, they're all big. Right, and right. And, you know. They don't wrinkle. They're the skin's huge. pushed to the end. There's yeah. no, like, patches. I love it when I see uh Like, if you see a, a Samoan with a beard, he could be fucking 18 years old, but look 30, you know? Right, right, you're right. And, 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 and they're kind of like, like the, yeah. And vice, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I tell you, I like seeing my sons when you have friends and you start seeing their kids really put the smash down. You're like, yeah, it's a, I remember it's like when a he cool, was in a diaper. It's a cool thing to see, like, the generations and, like, you know, the next generation coming through is shining, you know? What happened with Easy e son? Because he, he was one of the first people that resonates like that, that yeah. popped out. Um, he's still around, but I, I think he got maybe, like, a bad record deal, and it kind of threw him off, you know? I just played one of his tracks. Maybe, I don't know, 20 shows ago or something. Little Easy? Really? Yeah, Little Easy. Yeah. Interesting. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like him. Hey, at what point do you break out of, like, my dad was easy, I'm Little Easy. Like, at what point do you start a new name? I mean, you can't really if you're named after your dad. Right. I I think if you don't want to open that bag of worms, you wouldn't even start rapping. 
I don't know, but well, if I, your name was, if your dad's name was Chumahan and you wanted to come out and you wouldn't change it, you know, you'd no, be like, I hey, would. My, you would? I, it's America, man. You come here and you could be whoever the fuck you want. Yeah, you could, but it's like, uh, you know, I mean, for me, I would do. do I wouldn't want to do that out of respect to my dad, you know. Nah, I mean, listen, it's kind of like a fuck you, you know, like yeah, I, I, yeah, I, did, some, I did it to my dad. Sometimes, it, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you do got to say <laughs> fuck you to your dad. Yes. Right? Yes. I'm not saying that for yeah, everybody. Yeah, if he does yep. you dirty, yep. yeah. 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 I mean, what did we do? The British was the dad, the King George, or whatever oh, the fuck his name, and we told them, go I, fuck I, you. We start I a new thing. I with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, I'm just fuck. saying, like, you know, the, and, and what if you're, like, a doper rapper than your dad, but your dad got all the, all the, like, shine because it was at a different time, and his skills at that time were better than most, and he was with the dopest producer, and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like little Mozart, you know, like you're a fucking really good at rapping or whatever. But now you're stuck with like, well, I got to maybe be easy junior, easy light, express easy, little easy. Like what at what point can you I'm not saying little easy would want to at all. I'm just saying at what point would you be able to say like, you know what? My new name is Tatanka or whatever you want to throw out a brand new thing and start a new thing. Well, we have seen, uh, to be honest with you there, we've seen it happen. Uh, Inglesia. What's that, Inglesia kid? Enrique. Enrique Inglesia. By the boss. He became way bigger in a different sound genre than his dad. Yeah. He became bigger than Julio Inglesia. Right. And at the time, yes, Julio Inglesia was massive, but this kid has outdone his dad. How big was Julio Inglesia's? Huge. I mean, every my mom and every woman that was around I knew yeah. was listening to her, and my sister was too. So you had a generation gap of women in love. That guy did more for the Latin race in America than a lot of other people did. That's amazing. Women were crazy about Julio Iglesias, bro. Remember that? Yeah. To all the girls I loved before. Wow. Oh, he's not this done. fucking guy. Uh, with what he did with Willie? Yeah. Then he did with, yeah, yeah. Exactly, to that all was... the girls I loved before. Man. But then you think Who about came in and out my door. Then you think about that. That what was that yeah. one retarded Glad they dude? Came along. <laughs> yeah, right. Then he came the song. Then he came the girls I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that, that's a hard luck show exclusive. You never hear Esteban do. I dropped my coffee. It was so good. That was great. To all the girls I once <laughs> caress. <laughs> to all the girls I, I squeeze their my chest. Head on their chest. <laughs> you got that one? I'm yeah, gonna pull it right I'm now. That was good. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Steve fell out of his chair. Esteban had him going so good, he fell out of his chair. He's requiring the, the PAs to come over and, and fix his coffee. Yeah, a fucking $10 <laughs> cup of coffee on the floor. Yeah, that's exactly right. When While we wait for this $10 cup of coffee to be fixed, let us hear the style. Go to, go to Julio's verse. Because there's uh, Willie Nelson and there's Julio. Man, boy, when did this come out? That's that's Willie. That's Willie. Let him yeah. listen to Willie. Yeah, yeah. Willie's an, a Willie's an American Willie's, classic too, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like the, the the cheeseburger. He's like a an American cheeseburger. And what's crazy about Willie is is that I don't know that if he's Indian or not, but he's worn braids forever, yeah. and no one's tripping. That was before the cancel culture. Okay, let's calm down. Here. Listen to that. 
Oh my god. Man, I mean, I might want to fuck Julio Iglesias. Well, I got a better one than that that came out more recently. I love Listen to that voice, bro. Like like Willie is kind of like, you know, I you know, he's just like a guy in a VW bus smoking weed and then Julio comes on and you could tell just by the way he sings that he knows every inch of a woman's body. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you could just tell. True coxman. Yeah, yeah. a real coxman. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So wait. So wait, going back now. Who is it? D-Boy? Big D? Yeah, D-Boy is Cobra's son from Booyah Tribe. Awesome. Big shout out to uh, Cobra's son, D-Boy, from... From Booyah Tribe. Yeah. You know what, uh, in in L.A., when we were coming up, uh, the Booyah Tribe, they had put out an album at that time. And, you know, they were like a big crew. They were. And they were part of an even bigger crew. They were running around all through then. Dude, they had this with Mario and everybody over at the King King and all them cats. And they were huge because I bu- I bought their single on vinyl. Which mm-hmm. one, Raid? I can't remember. What's which, the one which where one they was. go? Because I I learned about them from MTV and I just saw these big Simone dudes right. in jail with braids, like, yeah. and they looked like they were about to ready to whip everybody's ass. Yeah, yeah they and did. It, it was they like were. it was like a <laughs> song. It was like who that who that who that who that who that who that. They had like this chant that they were doing. It was the Booyah Tribe, and it looked like what this video was following a new dude that got into prison or something. And they were were, 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 were were we together that night? That fucking there were a couple nights where they beat. They got into some shit, dog. And I remember I was working at a club. Yeah, I've been there. A there were so times. many, th- so many of them that you we were like, your job was to keep other people from getting involved. That's yeah. all you could do at that point. Right. Man, those dudes look tough. But I remember a couple times those dudes all mopped up a couple people. Yeah, yeah. You know. What I remember one time I went upstairs, and they were like, "Hey, is so and so in there?" I go, "Yeah," mm-hmm. and they, and you know, you know what it, it is. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> That's that's the one you step to the it. side, and you're like, "Yeah, they right at, they're there." <laughs> go ahead on, you know. And I didn't know the other guys, so I didn't give a fuck about that. Right. The Booyah was my homies, and the next thing I know, people. It was an upstairs club. And people started running downstairs, <laughs> right past me, leaving. Right. And uh, when I went when I went up there, I saw them. And you know, in the end of a record, when it has that, yeah, right. Yeah. When the needles just hit the end, <laughs> like the the DJ has, was like, "I'm I'm gonna I'm take out. a break." Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the the record was going around, and the lights were moving. <laughs> And they were there having a drink at the bar. Yeah. The the homies from Booyah were having a drink at the bar. A couple of guys were trying to crawl out and go down, crawl down the stairs. Yeah. But it was like one of the coolest visual things I, I, I've ever seen. You know, that's, I mean, that's basically the modern version of the old Western when the bad gunslinger yeah. comes in and the barkeep ducks and everyone turns mm-hmm. around, the piano player's out before the trouble even starts. Yeah. I remember I, I was working at a trade show. And it was in, oh, I be, yeah, we were in Vegas. I believe it was Vegas. And we were set up next to Black Flies. And I think, it, 
I don't know. I think I want to say maybe it was Joker or maybe it was famous. I can't remember at the time. But Black Flies was across from us. And the show, the, we're in a convention center. And the show starts at 9. Yeah. So we're all there and it's like 8.30. And on the floor, people are like running around last minute. <laughs> it's a weekday. It's 8. People are running around. They're coffee trays. They're setting, finishing, setting up the last little things in their booth. You know? Yeah, yeah. A lot of sales guys are standing around in front of the booth having coffee, doing the Caltrans <laughs> thing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Everybody's like... And I see like from the corner of my eye, yeah. I see like a... Uh, uh, like a uh, couple Samoan dudes, like a couple Samoan dudes, come over and they're moving kind of like with intention, they're right? Cruising, right? Purpose. And they catch my. And as I turn to look, I see like six or seven behind them, and they're all walking, and their eyes are all glued in front of them, like you know. And I look over, and as I look over to the right, this swarm. Just goes through this booth, bro, and starts laying everybody out, dude. What? And then, dude, fucking this owner, Jack, I think, with the bald head I remember. of Smash Wise, is out cold, dude. And, like, his partner, sales manager, somebody, he's asleep, too. They're laid out, dude. Some other dude's, like, holding his face, dude. And they walked in, knocked everybody out, and kept on going, dude. And everybody, the whole place, you could hear a pin drop. And I was breakfast. Like, Damn, right? Uh, and so then later on as the day kind of I guess those dudes were all part of like the Hui. The yeah, Hui, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. which is like that crew of Samoans from Hawaii. And I guess dude had gone out there and had made some deal with one of those guys to pay him some money or something. Disrespected or did something and ended Boy, up they came good. back and found him at that show, bro. But wow. you know, the Samoans, dude, they're they're just naturally Big, big human oh, beings, man. man. You know yeah. what I'm, I've always wondered uh, about the Samoans or, or people like, or the Polynesian island type people is I've always wondered like what they, what their stature was like, what their sizes were like before colonialism, before the food had changed, you know? Because like, I don't, pig, right? It's a staple now in the islands, but. They didn't I, have them back in the There day, was man. no pigs in America, South America, North America, not a single right. fucking pig. And when they got them, they got them late. Right. And some of that shit came with the Navy that came over there and started occupying shit. Uh, so that's why you have a lot of that spam stuff. You know, you want to know something? Like, Esteban, what, what year? And I know that everybody listening knows about this footage or this video. That was, when you shot, where did you shoot the Booyah Tribe breakdancing? All that slow motion black and white footage that's been used by... Everybody's gotten their hands on this foot. I mean, this stuff showed up in a psycho room. I mean, it's it's been all over, and it's it's when you see the Booyah tribe pop locking in slow motion. Oh their man, that's it, it's badass. been everywhere, bro. When what year was that, and where did you film that at? That was in 1997, in my alley. Really, over in Las Palmas? No, downtown. Downtown. You know where uh, Porter? Yep. Really? Yeah. Was that all filmed? Was that filmed specifically for them? And then that was just something that you edited in the Yeah, I always room? have footage of all kinds of shit that I... And when I see, I think it might fit into something. I put it in, you know, different different places. What? I'm even... Uh, I'm even... look. I just looked at that footage again. I'm going to put it in the Cypress, Cypress Hill the doc. documentary. Yeah. What, uh, what was... Powerful. The, it's what powerful. It's powerful images. What was the decision what? for black and white? I always shoot black and white. I don't know. 
I, I get asked all the time, like, why do you like black and white over color? And I, mm-hmm. I just always have liked black and white photos more than color photos, even if it's a colorful um, situation. Subject. Yeah, like it, people are always like, hey, I want you to take pictures of my lowrider. I have this fucking sick candy paint job. It has like 10 different kinds of you know 10 different colors of candy paint on it Mm -hmm. all these different greens and reds Mm -hmm. and purples or whatever the theme of the car is Mm -hmm. and i go and shoot it and i shoot in black and white and then when they get the pictures back they're kind of like you can tell they're kind of bummed out right a little burned up right spent 20 fucking 25 grand on this colorful paint job and i had this motherfucker shooting my car and he shoots it in black and white like what the fuck man and then they marinate on the picture a little bit and they're like hey Holmes that's a badass picture homie like right that's one of my favorite pictures of my car mm. and I and my car the best thing about my car is the paint job the colors and the way that the painter laid it out and you shot it in black and white and I go and I, it makes me think about it then, but I wasn't thinking about it before. I never even crossed my mind to shoot it in color. Right. I just show up with my camera, and if there's black and white in the camera from I shot half a roll of it or whatever, I just start shooting. Then I see when I pull that film out that there's a black and white roll in there, and then I'll throw in another black and white roll, and I'll just start shooting. Then I'll be like, when they bring it up, they're like, hey, man, did you shoot any color on it? And I'm like, <clears throat> No. Hmm. No, I I didn't. And it's not like uh, digital where you can... Just change it. It's always color and you can change it with a filter to black and white. It's like uh, when when you shoot in film, it is what it is, you know? Right, you're stuck with it. Yeah, you're stuck with it. There's no going back. What is is putting it in black and white from your observations? What does it do to an image that's different than what color is besides taking the color out in terms of the effect? Um, In a digital photo? In any photo, what is the transition from taking the color out? What are you left with? What do you from? I mean, you're you've been left doing with the with the the skin and bones. You know, you're left with the you're you're left kind of like with it naked. You know, mm-hmm. without the uh, without the Versace suit on or the red bottom mm-hmm. shoes or whatever. You're getting it like you know raw and uncut. Yeah, the the down to the bones you know and um i think that's when you if you can take a really colorful situation and shoot in black and white and still make it look great then capture all that that's when you have that's when you have skill for you what are the bones of a photograph or these images like what 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 is this what is the bones what is the framing the the subject and the composition mm. because uh <clears throat> i've seen like if you were to take a hundred people and give them the same exact thing just a hundred random people right not same photographers mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you were to take a hundred people and gave them like a limited amount of shots to shoot like just say five mm. here's here's this lowrider <clears throat> go take five pictures of it right I would say maybe five of them would get a good shot. Mm. Maybe. And the other ones would just be like a bunch of fucking 
trash, you know, just garbage, like, snapshots that you'd be like, man, what the fuck is this, you know? Yeah. Like, well, how do they see that? I've seen it millions of times over my whole life, that the way other people see shit. How they perceive it? Yeah, it's like, you were standing right fucking next to me, and this is this is what you got, you know? Or, mm. like, we've had writers come and write. Uh, stuff for us from movie companies yeah when we were pitching stuff and they're like yeah we'll send a writer down and you know have him hang out with you and they they would come and hang out with us and they just got it all fucking wrong and i was like how do you how the fuck don't you didn't you see what he was doing didn't you hear Mm. what he was saying didn't Mm. you know where you were at didn't you like see none of the environment like you were in the fucking coolest place with the coolest motherfuckers and you made that look corny you know like How'd you fuck that up? Yeah, how did you fuck that up is what I'm thinking. And I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not as cool as I think, you know, or maybe, uh, like, I started thinking, like, uh, when I went to, uh, I I think I went to a meeting at Walmart, and we were going to shoot, we were going to try and uh, put something, distribute something at Walmart. All right. And the guy was telling me a story that he had with this guy who used to sell shirts for fifty or eighty dollars in his in his uh, store. He hmm. used to sell one-off shirts, like not one-off, but I mean he'd sell T-shirts for eighty bucks in his store. Yeah. He had a cool brand, a cool name, hmm. and uh, they were offering to sell the same shirt for I think thirteen dollars at Walmart. Hmm. And the guy was like. No way. No fucking way, man. I sell these shirts for 80 bucks in my store, and you want to sell them for fucking $13? Like, you're fucking out of your mind. He goes, he goes. well, you can have your customer, which is maybe a couple thousand at the most. Mm-hmm. They go to your store, or you can have the Walmart customer, which is a couple hundred thousand. Right. So, you know, who have whoever on your team do the math, you know? Hmm. A couple thousand times 80 or a couple hundred thousand times 13. And if that's the deal for you, then, then you know, we're, your we're here. Yeah. Right. We got the deal for you. So at that point, the guy had just started doing a TV show. And I was thinking, like, man, like, you know, that that's that's always a thing. Like, there's the cool guy and then there's the Walmart customer. Right. And, you know, which which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the cool guy? Or you want to be the guy that, that services the customer at Walmart? So that makes you think, like, is the cool guy really that cool? Because the mainstream isn't seeing it. The mainstream right. is seeing what they're all seeing something. And this certain select group sees this. Right. So is it cool? I don't know. I still don't know. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting thing you're bringing up. Because like, the mainstream seeing what's cool? Or is these so-called cool guys that are in this little circle seeing what's cool? Like, I, I, I still don't know. I always but trip out on it. It's interesting what you're bringing up because <clears throat> to a certain extent, once the mainstream can see it, it's almost defined as not cool. Right. It might be popular, right? But it ain't cool, right? Right, and then says the cool guys, 
says and by the way if you look the, at the if, mainstream isn't saying that no the mainstream He's actually is it up. And so when you go like for instance i just finished this book called uh, Transformations by Grant McCracken. And he's trying to look at these quote unquote how, you know, cool, uh, what's marketable, all these things. And, he's, and, he, and, he, and he summarizes a lot of different theorists as well. Commercial guys that actually work for a Walmart to figure out, like, why is it once it hits Walmart, yeah, everyone buys it, but it sucks. But then why, the exact same question you're, you're doing, but these guys, you know, whatever, that's what they do. So he was talking about it. He didn't have any answers, but he was laying out some models of ways to think about what's going on. He said, like, for instance, on one, one aspect of it is what's cool is, is, you know, something that a weird person's doing mm-hmm. at the edge. Mm-hmm. And you got all these people in the middle. The people in the middle can't see what's going on. But there's degrees of coolness or weirdness, however you want to lay it out, going towards this edge. And so what happens is like a wave. The first person's doing it because they don't even, maybe they don't even know it's cool, mm. right? He's fucking walking around with fucking frozen blueberries, a 10-pound bag of frozen blueberries. Teeth are all blue. He's eating it, but he doesn't give a fuck. Mm. No one's going to understand. It. But then somebody, it's, and then as it ripples through the chain, and each person close to the edge seems, quote, unquote, edgy, which is why these commercial fucks are always walking around like, we want it to be edgy, and they, that's the last thing they want, right? They're like, oh, we want to be cool. And it's like, no, you don't. Shut the fuck up. You really don't. That makes its way to the mainstream. By the time it hits the mainstream, in the same way when rap starts become like when Christianity adopts rap and they start mm-hmm. using Christian rap, is when you're starting to realize, okay, it's so absorbed now by the culture, it might not have the teeth that it did before. And it's going along the lines of what you're talking about. And so the question for you then, Estevan, is, and you're thinking about it, and you're going, no one in the middle sees it, so is it cool? But then once everybody's doing it, it ain't that cool, mm. right? That Yogi Berra, no one comes here anymore because there's too many people here or whatever mm. that fucking quote is. Yeah. All right. And then out here, it's like, what's the difference between being cool or just being a weird fuck and you just highly nuanced and like what you like? So the question would be, the way you phrase the question here, it posits that there's a third um, entity or whatever you want to call it that is going to be able to define and say yeah the one out here is cool or the one over here is cool and the question would be what's that third entity what's the larger order do you have any sense of that for yourself like what you think is is where that judge who sits in that seat that can judge that i would say uh if it's something that you're trying to get out there it's people with money or people that you look up to as cooler than you. Right. So it's like there's that, you know, there's that fine line of, you know, what you want to do with yourself. Like, do you want to compromise yourself and go with those money people? Or do you want to stick to your guns and stay edgy and stay cool and hope that, if the guy that's higher up than you that you think is cooler than you gives you that stamp, then it's going to make you cooler. Let me ask you a different question. Is it ever possible that you get to a situation where you are no longer looking for a cosign? Where you're like, mm. fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'll live on a fucking piece of fucking whale blubber in the middle of the desert and be myself. And I don't need a fucking cosign. Is that possible? Or yeah, it's, I see it all the time. Where do you see that? 
uh, underground people, like people that are on the doing underground stuff. That's interesting. They're like, I don't need that shit. Fuck that. I do it for me. I don't give a fuck what people think. Uh, you know, I'd I'd rather be underground. Like, you know, those guys can have all that money and jewelry and cool shit. And like, I just like being underground and doing it for the people. But it's weird because. I hear you say that, and then you and I both know that there's there's an element of truth to that where this person is just an eccentric. Like, they really don't care. And then there's a bunch of people that aren't that good, yeah. and they're claiming to be underground because they ain't selling. Right. I've seen, and, I've seen both of those, too. Right. Mm. Like, I've seen, I've seen people that didn't get the attention or didn't get the, the deal that they wanted, and it didn't go how they wanted because they thought they were going to be the next big thing <laughs> and it didn't happen for them so right then they're like well, i'm underground i'm not that i'm not that. <laughs> yeah. you don't have a choice right you didn't make it buddy right that's why you're underground right there's a difference between being underground because you're digging new access tunnels and there's a difference <laughs> between being underground because you just got buried yeah right yeah exactly. yeah you're 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 at your gravesite saying you're underground yeah because yeah, you're dead yeah right so going back to what you see and what you don't see, how do you compose these images? Like, how does it happen? Um, I look for uh, lines and textures when I'm shooting stuff like that. Like, uh, like a lot of different things bug me in a photo. Mm. So, what? what? Yeah, what bugs you? Um, like, if you're taking a picture of a person and there's like a tree or a pole or something coming out of the top of their head or something <laughs> coming out of the top of their head that always fucks with me and sometimes i see it in my old pictures where i just like i just had a second to take a shot like i didn't really have a long time to think about it. i just snapped a quick shot because of the moment yeah and there's something like that and it just fucks with me every time i look at it but people say like that's the greatest shot that's so cool that's a great shot of this person and i think they're saying it because they're a fan of the person right but i'm looking at it going that fucking should have just moved like two inches over and then that thing wouldn't have been coming that, out that of branch ain't coming out of here yeah yeah and, or like if you shoot somebody with a wall yeah and in the picture, like, the top of their head is over the wall. <laughs> so, like, you're looking at the photo, and the the wall, the top of the wall is going across their neck, and just the head is over the wall. That's some OCD photography. That shit fucks with me. Like, right. That's, like, rather, all you can see. Yeah, when you look at that photo. I would rather photo. get up and shoot to where, because obviously the wall, their head isn't over the wall. But right. If it's the way that you shoot it. Right. The, somehow, some way that it comes like, like that. So, I'll try to stand up higher or get on something higher so that their head is still underneath the wall right or i'll get super low to where there's and bring them out off the wall to where there's more of their body coming off of the, like maybe just their waist from their waist down is is in in the wall area yeah and the rest is in the sky like there's just different shit that fucks with me and then, it, so when you're doing your compositions, like obviously those kinds of things are, uh, bother you. But then, is it the does the subject matter d- dictate? Every time, yeah. How does it work for you? Uh, depending what the subject matter is, you know, there's like, there's like in the different elements that I shoot, there's there's different backgrounds and locations that you want to shoot those type of people in. Right. Like I shoot. 
like just say like gangsters or or like homeless people right mm-hmm. like i don't want to shoot a gangster in like a wall street area you know like, right or mm-hmm. or somewhere like uh montana not in their element montana you know, i'd rather shoot them in their own environment right what do you think that that does it it just shows what the you know that person in their element like you're in their natural environment does that change their like posture and look in for the photo when they when they know they're in their element yeah they're comfortable they're you know if you took like if you took like a say like a homeless person or something and took them to Beverly Hills, it'd probably be a great shot because it's like you're showing the two different contrasts. You know, you're talking, yeah, like the the bottom of the barrel and the right, the top of the you know creme de la creme. Right. And yeah, it would look cool for a photo, but you could tell that the person was uncomfortable there, rather than just taking a picture of them sitting on the curb with their tent in the background and their you know dog that they rescued and they're just kicking right there and they're in their own thing and people are walking by hey man what's up hey what's up man you know yeah like they're comfortable and they're feeling they're comfortable so they're happy and they're cool and if you take them out of their element they're kind of like man what the fuck you know like if you take somebody out of the hood and you put them in like you go somewhere else they're thinking, am I in the enemy's hood or am I in the place where, like, the cops are going to come and fuck with me? Right. Mm. So. Do you consider yourself. I want that feeling in the picture, you know? I don't want people to feel uncomfortable or, you know. That idea of taking somebody out of their element and shooting them somewhere else, like what you said, kind of, that's that. I've Sometimes I see people try and market shit like that, and it always comes off looking so cheesy and bad. Like, like a stunt. Reminds me of like when like, and I'm not trying to diss any design of big uh, luxury brands, but like, there'll be like certain brands that they'll just like fucking, and they'll try and get like some dude that kind of looks tatted up or some brother with braids, and they'll throw him in some like funky ass fucking like half ass clown suit and they'll shoot them on like I don't know fucking Rodeo or some shit you know like in some like place they don't you know what I'm saying and I always think man that's some fucking real cheese ball shit man right it's like Chanel will do it you know what I'm saying very obvious and it's not to say that that person could never be there you know like oh just because he has tattoos and you know ball head he can't be in Beverly Hills like yeah yeah for sure right but that the person that would be there is somebody that has been around that environment, you know? Like, right. Like, has been, you know, with those, tip- in those circles. When like, I hear... They they sold some art to some people in an art gallery, and those people took them to a nice restaurant. Right, right. And they, st- you know, started mixing with that they circle They feel like they belong there. Yeah, they're like, they worked to get there. Right. You know, like, yeah. it, it's not like you just took this person from here dropped them off in here and let's take a picture and boom now you know right it looks crazy right i was thinking about uh as you were talking i started to get the sense like a lot almost all of the images that i've seen that you've taken for the most part 
have been images within the city, but you're talking almost like a like a nature photographer in a sense because you're talking about shooting somebody in the environment on which they've put the roots down and where they're from. Do you consider yourself something like that? Do you think there's any difference between a nature photographer and like what you do, like a National Geographic guy? No, there's no difference. It's like uh, you're you're. For me, yeah. there's no difference right. because I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing things where they where they are where they're supposed to be where they're where they're comfortable right you know, their home where, where they, they live like if I shoot like I've shot um, sometimes well whenever I shoot portraits of people and I shoot them at their house or whatever they're always more relaxed and comfortable like or even like big time rich people Mm -hmm. like I remember shooting like a CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world and I went to his house and he had a uh, a lady there that was cooking and cleaning for him you know like a, a service worker type thing he was you know super rich well i mean you, you can go ahead and say it. it was richard branson from virgin right <laughs> no it was something like that though it All was right. real similar to that yeah. but when i showed up to his house to shoot him he was barefooted and just chilling you know walking around with his dogs and a cup of coffee and i was like this is gonna be a cool shoot because he's so comfortable but if i would have took him downtown and been like Hey, you know, I want to take you to downtown and there's people and horns honking and homeless people walking by, like talking to themselves or some shit like that. I would have seen it on his face, you know, just been like, he would have been like, oh, fuck, you know, where am I? Is anybody going to, you know, know who I am or, you know, is this guy going to walk up and do something to me or whatever? You would just see that. It would just read through on the photo. You know, they'd be all stressed out. But when they're in their house, in their own environment, you can get them to relax and look comfortable, and and it comes out cooler, I think. It's interesting that you say that, too, because, you know, I've gotten to know you over some time. I don't know you know you. I won't say that. But definitely we've hung out, talked, whatever. One thing I've noticed about you, though, is that when you're not taking photographs and you're just hanging out, you seem to derive a certain amount of enjoyment from uh, making, putting people off kilter a little bit or fucking with people just a little bit, right? <laughs> isn't that true? Look at Steve. Isn't that true? Right, so like when he, when he takes the photo... Don't he, take it personal, dog. Is he not get he, mad. No. Don't get hurt now. <laughs> now he wants to talk about no. <laughs> fucking with him, dog. Yeah. No, because like... Someone likes fucking with motherfuckers. No. Yeah. He likes fucking with people. No, no, no. I, I do. I'm the one. I'm, I'm yeah, also there, right? But in fact, when, when Steve sat down and told us this thing, I was like, oh, bro, you shouldn't have said that. I mean, Sean's grandma really is in the hospital, yeah, man. That's yeah, fucked yeah. up. And we got to say some prayers and a rosary. And then yeah. Steve was like, what? I didn't know that. And, and I looked over at Esteban. Esteban already knew I was fucking with. I didn't. You were smiling. It no, looked I, like you knew. No, I figured I Esteban would know. I was like, this guy's over here making up this crazy <laughs> big old story. And now he fucking got himself in a fucking position. You but know? I was just joking. It, yeah, you were joking. But what made it look crazy is Sean was walking off. <laughs> yeah, I so did. I'm thinking exactly. like. He was going out to the car anyways or right. whatever. Yeah, but you I had something like, to give him the car. And I was like, dude, that's fucked up. His his grandma's getting a, a fucking kidney transplant right now, bro. And then Steve was like, oh, yeah, shit. It's like she's getting a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, and I, felt, I was like, 
thinking like fuck man how how's he gonna fix this I, thought, <laughs> I was thinking like sean's walking joy. away just going fuck man these motherfuckers he you walked know, like, away like he was upset yeah, yeah, yeah. but he always walks like that because yeah, he's a right. serial killer right yeah <laughs> fucking guy but anyway so esteban i'm only saying that because i i feel like i recognize that because i because sometimes i'm talking with you bro and sometimes i'm like is, is esteban <clears throat> fucking with me right now or is he legitimately just you know saying this stuff or whatever and then i talk to steve about it. i'm like man esteban boy he really knows how to fucking he give you a little thumb in a rib but then he keeps his face like straight. thumb in the ass <laughs> gives you a little finger pirate and then blah, blah, blah. And, and then steve was like oh yeah bro he's the best i mean mm-hmm. this guy can really mm-hmm. and then i was thinking about you you know bringing who was that painter we had on here that great painter that abstract artist guy robert standish standish was telling him uh, telling us the story about how you used to have fights in your backyard and told standish like hey you should come over and then he came over and then you handed him gloves and told him to go fight lucky (laughs) and i thought man that's a real that's fucking hilarious so is that so on camera you're taking pictures of people in their environment trying to get some kind of relaxed thing but is that just your sense of humor? Like, how did, did you, oh, were you always kind of like that? Or what, what is that? Well, I, you know, like, uh, <laughs> when you grow up in the city, you're around different, I don't know. It's like, there's different shit that happens in the city and different hap- shit happens in the country. Right. You know, like, people do different shit for fun. Right out of boredom or peer pressure or whatever like you know when you're out in the country like you might have fun going and shooting up a stop sign right when nobody's around the city doing that you know but when when you're in the city it might be a little bit more uh you know crazy or right you know there might be a little bit different consequences Mm -hmm. than if you're out in the middle of nowhere so um we're used to different shit in the city. You yeah. know, like we're used to a different it's a different playground. Right. Yeah. And there's so much right. more going on. I mean like you know, kinda like my, my my sense of humor changed too as I got older. My like I don't uh think some of the same shit is funny no more because 'cause I'm I have more like compassion, you know. Like yeah. uh, once you have kids too, like yeah, you, he was you know, cold, man. That, that changes that one was you. Cold back in the day, dog. Like, really? Yeah, he didn't have no motherfucking heart for your ass. Yeah, dude. like you like, wouldn't have been able to hang, and, like, and many didn't. <laughs> yeah, like you I made had, it. You made it through the ranks. I had kids, you know, so that that changed me a lot. You know, yeah. like I, was, I started thinking, like, you know, oh fuck, this is somebody's kid. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody's like. <laughs> Family member, <laughs> you know, jumping like, off of buildings. Yeah, shit like, yeah. I don't want to do ice. them, you know, yeah. do them, you know, dirty just for fun, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know, shit changes, you know. So, I, like now, I don't. But when we were growing up, there was nothing stopping. There was no lines. Right. Like we just went balls to the wall, fucking crazy, just having fun and. Yeah. And the next day, you would think about like, "Damn, I did that. That's <laughs> fucked up." What's your yeah. most regrettable prank? Uh, they weren't really even pranks. They were just right, like well. daily type things, you know, just mm-hmm. shit that we would do. But I mean, what what's some just ratchet shit you've fucking? Look at this, man. I mean, yeah. there's so much shit. Like, 
I mean, it would be the world fucked with up. Just take that as one piece. Of the yeah, pie but all the there would just be like fucked up things that we would do in the, here in the city that weren't. What was the one that you guys cool would, to do to people? You know, like right, like know, uh, just different, different. Uh, you know, wasn't there like a Poly B or somebody where you put like hot sauce in his jock strap? Oh yeah. Well, I had Tiger Bomb. <laughs> Tiger Bomb, and and I gave it to. Yeah, Polly's not around, so it's yeah. not. Yeah. I don't like talking shit about nobody online. You know, it's not a, it's I not mean, my thing. But it's not. Polly passed away. Yes, he rest was in a peace. Funny guy. Hey, big shout out if, to Sammy B. Thank you for the mugs. If right? he was here, he would yes. joke around about it. You know, so right. I would be cool with that. But there was a time. There was a few things on those trips where we all went to Japan. Right, they were like supermax tours. Right, and it was me. Polly, Lucky, and a couple other guys, and uh, <laughs> Tokyo didn't know it was about there was, to hit. Oh God! And at that yeah. time, it was like they Godzilla. really, they really didn't know what what we were, <laughs> what what was happening. You know, the people that took us there didn't even understand us right. at all. Right. They didn't understand what we were saying, what we were doing, but they just thought we were cool. So we were just doing all kinds of weird shit over there. Like they, you know, we're like. They don't know. We're fucking. We're. They don't even understand us. Like we just fucking going buck wild over there. So, but uh, just on the plane ride alone, right? I don't know what made Paulie think that he could get away with it. But <laughs> this is in the early '90s, and he brought a can and brought weed on the plane, right? And thought that it would be cool to smoke weed on the plane in his seat. With a can, you know, you make the pipe out of the can. You you smash it up and make a little bowl. Right. For the youngsters, you know, I'm t- you guys all know, but right. the right. youngsters probably had no they idea didn't even how know weed we used was to illegal. smoke. Yeah, yeah, how we had to smoke weed back then. <laughs> On an international flight, you smash up a can and make these little holes in it. And you could uh, kind of like how they do those shotguns with the beers now. You, right. Yeah, so, a little carb, everything. Yeah, yeah. Steve, make a little pipe out of a can, basically. Let's, let's turn to Polly B. Expert and uh, longtime friend, uh, Steve Luciano. Sir, what, you know, what is it about Polly B. and an international flight that made him think, like, you know what I should do is make a, 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 a makeshift uh, pipe and smoke some weed in my seat? I don't know what Polly what was he B. Thinking? was thinking about. He, most he of planned this. that out. Right, that's what he, I'm saying. That's like, his best he thinking. was talking about that before we took off. <laughs> but, but like, what He's was like, I'm going to smoke weed on the <laughs> And we're like, yeah. you're fucking crazy, homie. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? Right. Why are you even thinking that? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Right. And so he goes, watch this. You don't think I will? (laughs) (laughs) Like that. Yeah. That's how we used to joke around. Like, you don't think I will? Right. Tell me I won't do it. Right. And And Estelle everybody's going to be like, like, you're not going to do do that. Right. Let me see. Show me. Right. So he fucking starts 
crunching the can up, <laughs> making this pipe. And I go, this motherfucker is going to get it to the point and right. not do it and right. be like, ha, ha, I got you, fool. Nobody wants to play chicken with Estevan because no. Estevan's got the, one of the best poker faces. Yeah. So he's he, going to ride all the way to the end on your shit. Yeah, um, so he's like, you know, don't tell me you're going to do something because I'm going to see, I'm going to just keep watching. You right. Know, I want to see the fucking train wreck, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You're a photographer. So there he goes, sake. and uh, <clears throat> he starts making the can, puts a weed in, and, and like it's it's at the point where on the plane they they turn all the lights down, and people have all fell asleep. They, right. They got went into the trance. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, this motherfucker really might do this shit right now. Right. So he was sitting next to the window, and I was sitting next to the aisle. Right. It was one of those ones where the it's a two seater, like side by side. So he he gets the weed and puts it on, and I go, he's not gonna do it. There's no way. And right. He gets the lighter out and he's looking at me, and he's looking at the pipe and he's looking at the lighter, and mm-hmm. then he like looks up over the seats and he sees it like the the stewardesses aren't looking. Far away. He looks around. Nobody. Everybody's asleep. Coast is clear. And then he goes. He just put his head down and went, and I seen the light. The lighter go off, yeah, and I go, this motherfucker, man, right? He's really doing this shit, right? What the fuck is wrong with him, right? He takes a hit. He's like holding the hit. He's like, (laughs) 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 and I'm like, because he doesn't want to let the smoke out, right? I go, swallow that shit, motherfucker. (laughs) Blow that shit out. We're fucked, (laughs) right? We're all fucked, right? There's only. Five of us that look like this on right. this plane. Yeah. Right. Nobody else looks like they would fucking crunch a can up, right. take weed out of their pocket, and take a fucking hit on right. the plane. Like a blind dude would but be able to us, spot right. you guys out of a lineup. Right. 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 So there's us five sitting by each other. This fucking dickhead takes the light, takes the, takes the hit. Yeah. And Paul Rossi's getting pissed, bro. Yeah, like pissed. this is Jeopardy. Oh, He's to, like, I could have separate himself from us. Right, he's all of a sudden like trying to look oh, Japanese. He's getting, he's getting like yeah. sitting over in the back way away from you guys. Yeah, he's so like, oh, tomo arigato, Mr. Roboto. Yeah, they're all, you know, this is jeopardizing all of us. Right. Yeah. On a, no fly list Didn't ever. Didn't even get right. there yet. Right. And so, yeah, that too. Once we get there, it's like, you know. A Japanese police, who so, even knows how they fucking, they don't play yeah, around. Yeah, they don't fuck with the weed at all. bamboo and shit. They're, they're and he's gone. got cocaine in his ass too. Oh my God. So he, uh, yeah. He gets up, and and he's like, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom." <laughs> like, so I think he was gonna like thinking he was gonna go blow it out in the bathroom or something like that. Right. He gets up and passes out. Yeah, he falls the in the falls in the alley. In the he was trying to hold it uh, in till he got to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, oh. and went down. And he went down. And the whole plane shook, bro. Yeah, went, like we like, had turbulence. He was about. He was. A you good did hit turbulence. Yeah, two seventy. Yeah, he was about two fifty right then. No way. Heavier? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was bigger than that. He was at least like 260, 275. Hey, that was a strong wind coming out of Southern yeah. California turbulence. Yeah. So when he stood up and fell all the way down in the aisle, everybody wakes up. Everybody fucking felt that shit on the plane. It was like, boom. Like, yeah, it yeah. felt like we really hit turbulence. And you hear right. a couple of people go, oh. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Yeah, oh, right. Like, he passed out. Oh. You know, like, and so we're, we're like, kicking him in his feet. <laughs> get up, motherfucker. We're on Singapore air. You know? Yeah. Uh, we're like, get up, fool. Get up. You're making us look bad, you know? Like, right. the fuck up. What's wrong with you? And he gets mm-hmm. up, and he's looking at us all dazed and confused. And, but we're also laughing pretty hard. Oh, yeah. We're, we're rolling. We're, we're, we're going And now high. everybody's <laughs> awake. 
yeah. looking at us like, why are these guys laughing at their friend that passed out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of us trying to help them, they're kicking him and telling him, get up, fool, get up. We're calling him names. Son of a bitch. Get up, fat ass. Get up, motherfucker. And by now, everybody's looking at us going, man, these guys are so insensitive. They guys are mean to this dude. Yeah. Their friend just passed out, and these guys are so insensitive. Right. The thing you got working for you guys, though, is that kind of disturbance? On a plane like that, probably most of the dudes on that plane didn't want to have any trouble with yeah, those guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh, for I mean, sure. Some wife was like, you should go back there and You're tell them. Asian no, people. No, 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 trying not to me. look straight ahead. Right. They're not even trying to look right. over at We don't Nobody, need that kind yeah. of trouble. It's such the cultural polar opposite Apos- of you guys. Absolutely. Exactly. Right. Right? From like, like a, you know, the you, Japanese I'm, are so like dude, strict and like put together. You were there, respectful. you really feel that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Shit. I'm trying you know, to. There's think- a point in time where we're walking in this main temple area, right? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's on Sundays. Everybody comes and walks. It's like a promenade that leads to this big temple. And everybody comes on Sundays with their family, and you know they got people somebody playing like an instrument, right? Somebody, well, then they got these mime, mime, silent mime guys with the white face, and, and he's like on like milk crates doing balancing shit. Yeah, and. Polly B's like, I'm going to act like I'm drunk and I'm going to stumble into that guy and knock him. And the guy's up fully balancing, dude. Like, it's got all the things. Ah. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and Stefan's and, uh, like, God, I'll give you money if you do it, he tells him. He goes, I don't do it. And dude, I don't, dude, like there's families, everybody's around. This guy comes stumbling out of nowhere. Oh, and it looks so fake when he does it. <laughs> and dives into the guy, takes the guy out in front of everybody. Man. The shit he's doing, dude. And he's nobody wanted any part of that. Everybody yeah, was like. I don't know what to do with I'm him. trying to think. When you they guys start on... trying to help the guy up, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stack his milk crates back up for him, put him I mean, back up on the shit. box. And guy passed out in the bar. Some, some white dudes in the bar passed out and we're all. The late nights in Japan, Polly B's like, "Hey, you see that guy?" And I'm like, "Hey," he goes, "Man, guy's passed out. I'm gonna go through his pockets. I'm gonna go through his pockets." I'm like, "This is the kind of shit that he do." And he wouldn't even need to. Sure do Sure enough, that. he starts going through the guy's pockets, waking up. He's like rubbing on the back, talking <laughs> to him while he's going through his pockets. I mean, just the kid's crazy shit. Go Polly back to B. sleep. You're okay. You're but if someone be real quick to like somebody say something, I might have to do this. And someone be like, "All right." All right, now let's do it right now. You ain't gonna do that. Let's do it right now. Get people right. to do some crazy shit. Die. We're well, we're I, doing like jackass and yeah, that type of shit way before that. That was even an idea. Right, right. I mean, well, that, the, that's how those those type of ideas that people say, oh, you should do a show of that shit. You know, because like yeah, people were doing crazy shit like that back in the day. Like it, they had those bum fights videos, right? And, Girls gone that. wild type shit like I all those that. years back in those type of things when all those videos were going on. Right, like that shit had already been going. Remember, for a long remember time Polly before B's it been filmed. Remember Polly B's hustle with the Gracies. Which one? <laughs> with the Gracies with Hoist Gracie, and he'd bring fucking people that thought they were badasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we screen printed when we started in apparel, we had a guy that was our screen printer. His name was Mauro in West L.A. by Pico and Sepulveda. Mm-hmm. And it was Polly B's boy, and he screen printed. And he st- he was our first printer. And we'd That's be there fucking. Hickson had his uh, first Hickson Academy. Hickson Gracie had their academy. And they both shared like this. 
downstairs whole thing. So the only thing was a print shop on one side, and on the other side was the Gracie Academy. Right. But this is long before like everybody yeah, knew the who early, the Gracie. This is 1992. Right. This is even before the first UFC, right? So we're there, and Paul. I remember early on, Paul B's like, "Come in here," and we're in there, and the dudes are doing jujitsu. And Paul B's like, "This dude right here, dude, kick anybody's ass. You bring me anybody, he'll kick their ass. Doesn't matter." I'm like, "What?" And sure enough, fucking Paul B would find these dudes, bro, and their buddies. Big old, he brought some big old brother over there. He had all sorts of money on him, man. This dude nigga. Here's the guy who's got to fight. Hoist to come out, and they'd be like thinking, oh, this is easy money. Two seconds later, they'd be tapping out. Right, they'd be right. getting his money. He'd always be trying to get people to come over there and put money down. He'd be like, this is the dude. And he'd point out Hoist. This was skinny Brazilian, you know? Yeah. He'd be like, my boy will whoop your ass right now. 500 <laughs> And he'd have people over there cleaning up, dude. And Hoist would fight him. Choke him out. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> it, it's interesting, man. Like, I was watching something, and I kind of go back and forth about this with Estevan and, and some other people because I feel like we are responsible for uh, growing some cultural awareness around, you know, L.A. street culture, you know? You know, us. And I was, listen, I was watching somebody, and there was some, like, I guess it was a fucking ad for FB County. One of those Instagram ads, right? It is some Korean dude who owns FB County, right? But he's got, I guess people believe in that. I don't know what you going to believe. Anyways, he does these videos. And, and FB County sells like Bumblebee shirts and Ben Davis style pants. And, and they did like a little piece where they actually interviewed like the people that they were model, that was modeling this stuff. And, the, and their whole thing was like, oh, you know. I really enjoy the look. Uh, my uncle used to dress like this. My dad used to. And, you know, it's really, I like the, um, I'm really into the look. And I like the, like, it, this whole culture, it's weird. Like, the 90s especially has become this different thing now. And I'm not mad at it. I'm just saying it's different now. This is, um, it's 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 like a fa- it's almost like his fashiony statement like cool thing and I feel like when we were coming up, um, it just wasn't the norm. It was something that was like tucked away into the side, and you really didn't understand it or know about it, and it was kind of like taboo to try and find. But today, it's become mainstream. Right, and this kind of goes back. You know what I'm saying? Am I getting lost? Is what I'm saying? No, no, no. It kind of no. is. Well, but the point is... It's kind of becoming mainstream. Like, a few years ago when it started, it was kind of, like, safe to wear these kind of clothes. Like, 90s. It was kind of safe to dress up, like, 90s-style gangster shit. Now it's... I don't think it's so much safe anymore, you know? Because the streets are... Are are, Are popping again. Popping. Active. Right, but it it does go back to what we were talking about, which is... That you have stuff going on on the edges, and and it slowly makes its way through towards the middle. And what Steve, you might be seeing is like, yeah, now it's kind of gotten a little bit more to the middle in terms of acceptability or notoriety. Put it like this: I pulled up when my son was in the seventh grade to John Adams Junior High, and I remember walking up to pick him up from school, and he had Dickies on, 
kind of sagging. Right. A long white T-shirt. Right. And a bald head. And from the back, he looked like a gang member. And I remember telling him, nah, man, get in the car. You're not, you're not going to get mistaken for, some, for, for a gang member, man. And, they, and they're not going to ask you. And you look enough. And I remember, like, told him that or whatever. And then he kind of, like, got into, like, skateboarding and skinny jeans and all that shit. Kind of like, you know what I'm saying? And if that was the dialogue that we were talking about back then... Don't get caught looking like you're a gang member. You're going to get people who were scared to dress like that because of what might happen. Right. And stupid people dressed like that and really weren't from somewhere would end up being a statistic. Now it's the uh, complete. Now it's a fashion. St- now it's cool. It's just different. Hmm. Hmm. But hmm. 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 I just thought it was interesting. It is interesting. Hmm. You know. <laughs> no, so you know, <clears throat> okay, so that was then in your sense of humor, Esteban. <laughs> he was smiling as soon as I said sense of humor, his, his smile just evaporated. But um, I guess what I'm trying to get to though is like, yeah. you, I mean, you're still kind of like, listen, and I'm saying this for me because I'm kind of a smart aleck sometimes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you might not, it's easier to catch on me, I think, than you, Esteban, because you're more subtle. No. Yeah. Okay. See? Nah. You see that? You just witnessed a master in action right there. He said that. Hey, hey, let I'm me ask you something, Stefan. Squirrel right here. What is. I got two questions for you. Go ahead. For shooting. Has there gotten to be. Like you get. Let's say you get a call on a job and they're like, all right, look, you're going to shoot so and so and we're paying you X amount of dollars and it's the CD cover. Mm hmm. And then you show up and they have no ideas and they're like, well, here's the guy. And yeah. you guys just show up somewhere like, do you, have you gotten to a place where you don't doubt how you're going to make it happen? Like, are you like, I don't care where you drop me, this is going down. Like, or are you ever like, yeah, hesitant, like, fuck, how am I supposed to fucking make this cool? Like, what do they yeah. expect me to do? Yeah, most of the time I'm like that, even if I know what I'm doing. Really? Even if it's already thought out. Yeah, I'm like a a regular artist, you know? Like, I I show up nervous. Like, you know how fighters, all they do is train to fight every day. And they've been talking shit all this time. Like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to fucking, you know, do this to you, do that to you. But the real ones will tell you they were nervous all the way to the point when the bell rang and both of the, the two guys' backs came off of the ropes. Right. And they're like, okay, it's it's that time. It's go time. But the the time when they're sitting in the room to the time that they're walking out to the time that they get in the ring and to the time that the bell rings, they have the butterflies in their stomach. And that's all they know how to do, and that's all they do every day. And right. they do it better and, than most people. Yeah, and they train at that shit. Right. They're the same with uh, musicians. You know, there's 50,000, 100,000 people out there and you got to walk out there and play your music and try to get those 50 to 100,000 people to go crazy for the time you're on the stage. So for me, it's that time when I'm shooting. And it's like I could have the the best laid out plan in the world mm-hmm. and still be nervous the same way as if I don't have a plan going to a photo shoot they tell me hey you got to shoot this guy at this place 
you know, just show up like 10, 15 minutes early or half hour or whatever and look around there and see where you'd want to shoot them because you only have this much time with them. So I'll show up to a fucking hotel and they'll be like, hey, this rapper from Atlanta mm -hmm. is in town. Mm -hmm. A magazines will, you know, back in the day, they would send me to a hotel and be like, hey, ask for this guy when you get to the lobby and he's going to bring the rapper down. <clears throat> And I'd be like, okay, cool, fuck, you know? Like, a couple of times, I didn't show up early to see what was around. Right. I, I, would, I didn't know. Right. They're like, hey, you want to do this job? Huh? It pays this much money. Go shoot this rapper. He's at this hotel in fucking Hollywood or Beverly Hills. And I'd be like, okay, well, he's like a hood guy. And I have to shoot him at the hotel. Like, how the fuck am I going to make this look cool? Like... I'm a photographer, not a magician. Right. Know? Like, I don't right. know what the fuck. Uh, you know, what am It'd I supposed to shirt. pull a rabbit out of my ass and fucking make this photo shoot, this great classic photo to represent this guy in this sure. time? And I would get to some of these places, and, and uh, what I figured out about myself is I can wing it. And I can, I can you can drop me off somewhere, and I am going to take a good picture of right. this guy. Even though I don't, never met the guy in my life, and I've never been to the place where I'm going, but I am going to get a good picture out of this. And one that people will maybe later say, that's such an iconic shot of this guy. Right. Like right. I'll give you the perfect example. My friend was the editor, well, I became friends with the editor of uh, Juxtapose magazine. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I'm, I'm thinking of starting this new thing of having celebrities that consider them their self artiste and then i want to have another celebrity interview interview them okay so the first one was dennis hopper right. like he's you know a known artist aside from acting and being a director like he's known to do paintings and photography so i want to feature him who do you know that's a celebrity that could interview him mm. and at the time the two that I was closest with was Scotty Khan and Be Real. So I presented that to them. And they were that get Scotty Khan. Because Scotty Khan sure. comes a little bit more from the same world as Dennis Hopper. Sure. Being that his dad might have been in a couple movies with right. him. So they might have something more to talk about. Sure. So I show up there. And I'm thinking I'm going to show up to the compound in Venice where he lives. Right. But the address is in Marina del Rey and it's like a fucking tall skyrise building. And I was like, fuck, man, what am I going to do? Like, they're like, yeah, Dennis ha has a couple of uh, his paintings in this uh, condominium complex. Like, well, how the fuck am I going to make Dennis Hopper look cool in this condominium complex? Right. And what it was was he was like a resident artist. So they gave him a condominium to put up his work throughout nice. this this building. Right. In downtown off of Lincoln and like where the 90 meets Lincoln. You know, those big yeah, tall, nice yeah, buildings. Yeah. And it's the edge of like the his apartment faced the marina where all the boats were. So right. like. From where he was looking out, it was cool as fuck. It was like, man, this is a great view. This would be a cool thing to look at every morning. But the condominium was just like a straight-up apartment. Two-bedroom, one-bathroom, 
nothing. It was all modern and looked fucking lame. And, you know, I was like, man, what am I supposed to do here, you know? So he took us around and showed us the paintings and Scotty was interviewing him. And I was I was kind of like fucked up. I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm what to do here. This is kind of like, you know, they got me on this one. Not anybody, but just like the universe or whatever right, got right. me good on this one. I'm in a lame ass building. I got one of the coolest motherfuckers in the world. I brought my little homie here to do this fucking interview. And the interview was going great, though, you know, the talking part of it. But it was up to me now. And I'm like, fuck, what do I do, man? And he goes, um, hey, before we shoot, is it cool if I go out on the balcony and have a cigar? And I go, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, fuck, that's it. That's the shot right there. I'm going to get him smoking the cigar. And uh, hmm. out on the balcony. Yeah. And all the bolts yeah. are in the background. Yeah. yeah. But what I didn't notice at that time, too, was <laughs> if I had to expose for him, you wouldn't be able to see the bolts because of the light. He was in the shade and the yeah, bolts were in yeah. the light. So I ended up shooting and it was cool. Like I was fucking, this is, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. like I felt it right away when I saw him on the, on the balcony smoking a cigar. And I was like, this is a shot. And uh, I got it. You know, I only took a couple, and that was all that I felt like I needed. And uh, that was one of the times where I was like, "Man, you could put me anywhere with anybody, and I'm gonna get a good picture." Give me, tell me, how does it work? Sometimes, what's the right combo, or what? What does it take when you're taking pictures Whoa. of someone? And all of a sudden, you get into a stride where, like, you know how you said you could feel it? Have you ever shot somebody and then you start hitting it and you're, like, in some zone where everything you're hitting is just the way you wanted it? Perfect. Does that ever happen where you just hit that zone? It's like, as you're taking it, you're like, these are gold. These are all going to come out. Yeah. And it works like that. Yeah. Yeah? And what does it take for that to happen? Is it just a matter of the universe aligning that day? No, Is it just the right like uh, the right person, the right background, the right lighting. Like for me, I like to shoot in the well, on a hazy day when it's kind of cloudy out. That's the light's the, good. The best light for me, yeah, because a lot of people shoot in the they want to shoot in the sunlight. We're in LA, they want to shoot in the sunlight, all the fucking sun on the person. But they're what they're getting is. What I get when I shoot people in the sun is their eyes are watering because the sun is hurting their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Is that approved? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, while we're listening to the expertise of Esteban Oriol, I'm also constructing the uh, live Instagram story to show what we do in oh, these mornings. Okay. Right, it's oh, Esteban yeah. and the Hard Luck Show. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. getting a thumbs up from Esteban. Big yeah. Steve, is Big that looking good? Up. Alright, so I'm posting it now This is just, yeah. you're part of Yeah, yeah. go for it A happening Alright, go ahead So then, uh, what was I saying? So their eyes are watering Oh yeah, in the sunlight mm-hmm. Their eyes are watering They're squinting They're Sweating Sweating The shadows look fucked up Yeah So I'm like They look like they're in pain Yeah it Look like they're getting fucking uh, Deverginized in their butt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just Some people like that Pleasant it's not a pleasant look for them, you know? They right. don't feel comfortable. So 
So I'm like, fuck, man. I got the right car, the right person, the right background, but the only thing that's fucking it up is the sun. So then I have to look around and be like, okay, is there shade anywhere? Is there enough shade to put, like, the car and the person and have enough shade in the in the foreground to where it's not, like, just there in the shade, but, like, an inch in front of their shoes is sun. So you have to you know like navigate through these situations the whole time but that's the art part of it you know you have to look and feel and and pick the right everything to make these shots because you know how they say like you're only as good as your last song album photo fight whatever it is so every time i go do a photo shoot is that's the one that everybody's going to look at. That doesn't matter if you had 30 great fucking photos, you know, 30 years of great photos in your life. If you put a shitty photo out, oh, he fell off. It's over. You ever had a situation where you did amazing, but the, the subject was just mm. fucked up, yeah. and then the photos came out, and they blamed you. They're uh, like, hey, fucking Esteban. I'm like, I, I thought you were a photographer, damn. but it, you're like, bro, it was... <laughs> Oh, that wasn't my dude. fault, bro. You, you fucking. Yeah, that shit happen. Um, fuck that. I can't recall that, but mm. I get a lot. Of, I'll hear little comments, kind of like that. Like they'll see a picture of Lucky or Rascal or somebody like that, yeah. and they'll be like, "Man, I want some shit like this." <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, you're not that, right? Like you didn't go to." fucking prison those years and you weren't doing all that and you didn't lift all them weights and you, you know you're right. 100 pounds and right never been nowhere you know like i can't i can't make you that guy you're not right. that guy but i i just go like yeah yeah man yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh when we do the shoot they're like they're looking at the picture and they're like you know you can see in their face. <laughs> They're like, well, this doesn't look like Big Lucky. Or <laughs> well, yeah, you're not like that guy, you know? You're not that guy. Right. You know, sorry. But they'll, they'll be like, yeah, these are cool, man. And then they'll, they'll get it. It'll, it'll settle in with them that the photo's good. Right. And then you see them like, you know, it takes them a minute to, to realize it because... In their mind, they're, they're thinking of, like, I took a shot of Big Luck back in the day, and uh, he had his shirt off, and he had these glasses on. Yeah. And and he's he's doing a 13 with his hands. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And it's fucking hard-ass picture. Ended up becoming the cover of a magazine. One time, they are like, hey, can you send us, like, 10 of your favorite shots? And uh, is that your car? Not mine. Okay, because the tweakers be breaking into shit around. Yeah. I hope it's not mine. No, it's okay. What is it? Oh, it's a Cadillac. Is it? Does anybody have a black Cadillac? Yeah. The windows are all broken. No, 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 that was you? No, no, no. Somebody else turned it off. Okay. okay. So, um, <laughs> when the, the, you know, I took this picture and people would say like, hey, Send us your best 10 pictures. Not your best, your favorite 10 pictures. So I would send them the LA Fingers, Big Luck, you know, this one or this rapper. I would always send my homies first, like Cypress Hill, Luck, LA Fingers, this, that, and the other. 
Lepke, you know, I was always send those as my 10 thing because I was trying to always put my crew out there. Right. You know, first. Right. And then I would throw in, a, you know, another one here, another one there, cars hopping, whatever. And so people would see those pictures and they became photos that became well known because those were the 10 that I was always pushing to the magazines when they go, hey, want to do an interview and you're cool. Can you send us 10 photos? Yeah, here they are. Right. So those were the ones that people were seeing the most, and mm. those became the quote-unquote iconic legend, you know, photos that of mine that I've taken is because I was constantly putting them out there, you know. Right. Like, and then, uh, like, because I could have put the L.A. photo out there one time, and it would have been gone. would have been right. a wrap. You know, right. like, you oh, yeah, it. I think I've seen that one time, like, you know, right. 30 years ago in this one magazine it was cool but if i'm putting them out every single time every time they ask me for an interview every every genre of magazine in every part of the world mm -hmm. like the pictures of luck and those guys have been in 10 magazines in 10 different countries all over the world right that's like that's like that's like branding i mean that's like reminding right. people without, keeping it alive without knowing what you're doing right you just did that yeah i didn't go to marketing school or branding school i just was like i always just thought of my homies my right. crew you right. know so like how do we do this mm -hmm. like every like just maximizing opportunities you know like every time i got a opportunity to put my people in it yeah. Or or my culture or my whatever. Yeah, I did. So, what was the question? I don't know. I think we were just. Oh, I think the question was uh, how what it took to take like when everything. Yeah, working. like when, when do you do you ever like he said uh, do I ever take pictures and people don't trip on them or maybe that was you. That was me. I was yeah. asking you like you ever and you said yeah, but you're not that. Yeah. So it was like. You know, they would see those photos over and over again and be like, I want to be that. Right. But it's like, right. you're not that. So right. You can't be that. Right. But I'm going to make you look like the best you. Right. <laughs> so don't trip. I got you. And Any make sure this check cashes. Right. Or bring some cash. Right. And I'll really make you look is there like the a best you. Is there a trick to that? Like, do you, do you like uh, yeah. wait till the check clears before you show them the photos? Like, listen, I'm not your. Like, oh, if you with take that? A, yeah, yeah, you yeah, take yeah, a picture yeah. of a heavyweight person, like they're fat, but they don't really understand that, and they're like, "Don't make me look fat." And you're like, "Okay," and you deposit the check before they see the true photos of themselves, and like, "Look, you're fat. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you." Yeah, I mean, you could kind of feel people out before, like when they're trying to. You can feel, uh, for some reason photographers or artists are the one type of job where people always try to get over on you mm. and you can feel like the really scumbag types <laughs> right off the bat wow so you already know what kind of scumbag you're dealing with right so you know like okay this is a kind of motherfucker that i don't give him his pictures until i get the money because right. once he gets those shots, because they, they try and do the okie doke, like, hey, man, I want to hire you to do this photo shoot. I need the photos on this day. We're releasing the record this day. And I'm like, right, Ooh, how's right. the money? Where's the money? Yeah. Like some people, like I have homies that I've done jobs with six months ago that I haven't even asked for the money yet. Right. Because for me, I know they got the money. I know they're good for it. And it's kind of like a 
a bank account without my bank account. Right. Like, I don't see it. My bank account, I see it going up and down every day. Like, I put this money in, this much goes out. And right. I'm like, God, man, like, I didn't even have that money fucking 10 minutes. And then I'm gone already. <laughs> I did all that work. I got all that money. And then yeah. there it goes. Yeah. But <laughs> if somebody else is holding on to me that I, holding on to the money for me that I trust. Yeah. It's cool. You know, like. Take another save. Yeah. Like, I got that money over there. I ain't tripping on it. But there's some people that you're like, this motherfucker, I know the second he gets the pictures, mm-hmm. he's going to do some okie doke shit. Right. And do like, hey, man, I'm going to get you on this. I'll give you the rest when the when the put pictures go out and the record starts selling or this starts doing that. I'm like, no, 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 man. I need the money. I did the work. Right. Yeah. You know, like the plumber. Yeah. When your fucking shit is all backed up and there's shit going everywhere. Right. You're paying that motherfucker that day to make your life great again. Right. Mm-hmm. You're going to pull the gold yeah. teeth out of your right. mouth to pay for that shit. Right. Right. So I want that same shit. Right. That he got. You know, right. like I'm going to fucking unclog your toilets and make, you know, so your wife isn't screaming at you. Yeah. I want I want my money, too, at the end of the job. I don't want to fucking wait until, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're doing takes off or i don't want to do all that bullshit like yeah i don't need to chase you down i got i already got a job i don't need to be chasing you right but back in the day you know i would take those jobs and take the chance and chase people yeah because i was like fuck man i need that money i need to do this job this dude might be big i need to get that money and and get it get it popping you know and I would take the job and end up chasing the guy around, chasing. And then it puts you in like a fucked up position. Right. Like I just did it again last year. Yeah. In the pandemic. This guy was like, I got this great idea. <laughs> We're going to fucking do this. We're going to do that. And I did it. Shit started selling. It started doing great. Hey, your, your, your product selling the best more than anybody that I've ever done this with. And then. As soon as the money started coming in, like the calls started getting less, I started like, hey, man, just checking in with you. You know, what's going on? You know, remember we we sold the best? You know, what's up with the check? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Friday. Friday comes along. Like, you know, everybody goes through shit. It's a fucking pandemic. (laughs) Maybe I'll just let the dude slide till Monday. Yeah. Call him up. Right. Call him on Monday. Hey, bro. Friday came and gone. How are we looking? <laughs> Man, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to get you on Thursday. Oh. You know, the hamburger for yeah, wimpy. today. Yeah, wimpy. Yeah, I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger, hamburger today. today. Uh, right. Those motherfuckers make me sick. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Say it again. Yeah. Those motherfuckers make me sick. Yeah. There you go. So, and you know who you are out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like... <laughs> If I'm bending over backwards to do a great job for you, I've worked 30 years to make it to the point where you want me to do this great job for you. Yeah. And you're like, to me, it's just disrespect, you know? Like, you're yeah. Like, hey, your your money isn't as important to give as this guy over here. Right. Like, oh, I had to pay this and I had to pay that. Like, I really don't give a fuck about all that. Right. Like, I don't care about you had to pay your phone bill or whatever. AT&T right. is multi-billionaires. Right. Like, I need my money. Fuck them. Make right. them wait. Right. And 
you know that that shit comes to a point where you have to make a decision like do i just keep stalking this motherfucker for my money um if i did something to them like the old school way would they tell mm. which uh depends on who does it 10 times out of 10 they will depends on who does it and then you know who's good at collecting money who big lep big lep collects the rent at all those houses from scandalous dudes who are in a sober living who don't want to pay jack shit big lep rolls up he gave us a whole download on the last show now we're homies but yeah. on rent day i don't know you you better fucking pay the money otherwise you're gonna have to roll your shit up and get the fuck on out yeah he might well, know those, how to do it well those are guys that are on their last <laughs> their last uh leg their last leg already right you know, they're at a they're, they're at a, handicapped already yeah they're already at the they're at the the bottom of the barrel, so like they just came from the bottom, <laughs> and now they're like got one foot in, one foot on the banana peels. But these type of people, they got a bunch of shit going on for them already. They got the pad, they got the car, they got all kinds, and of they shit. got the money too. And they just don't think like your money is as important as paying for the necklace guy, you know, paying now, the jeweler. I want to ask one last question here because I've, I've seen this person's work a lot and they're well known. And I've never actually talked to a professional photographer about this person. And I've always wondered, why did this person make it? And what is this supposed to be? Annie Leibowitz. Why? Are you familiar with Annie Leibowitz's work? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why did Annie Leibowitz somehow corner the market on these celebrity shots? And then on top of that, she is doing kind of a constructed thing a fake thing i'm not saying fake in a negative way necessarily i'm just saying it's like Arnold schwarzenegger on horseback or it's whoopi goldberg in a fucking tub of cold milk from a f professional photographer who does his own thing w what is your reaction what do you see why did she corner the market uh i think the it's the way she started like the way she started to me it, i don't know her or know her career that good but her early work that i saw was a young woman, young girl who was documenting rock and roll. Right. In the, you know, going on tour with them. Right. So, um, in those times, you probably would have had to have been single, you know, because you're going on tour for months at a time with right. a band. And you would have had to have been cool for a band to want to have you around all that time. Right. And you would have had to just been one of those people that could go with the flow because touring isn't easy. Right. You know? So <clears throat> it's it's a, it's kind of a hard and taxing lifestyle being on tour with a band. and um, But there is a lot of shit going on in those days that doesn't happen in normal people's lives so you're getting um unlimited access to a lot of great shit and when you're on the road with rolling stones and led zeppelin and the doors and all these huge bands that are the hit makers and they're doing the coolest and dopest shit you're gonna get that cool shit to make people want to fuck with you and they'll hire you to do something else for them. And I think that's kind of what happened with me with the music, low riding, gangster shit. Like, nobody ever 
paid me really to do low riding photos or i didn't really make money off that i made no money off the gangster photos and i made a little bit of money shooting hip-hop people when it was for a magazine or for an album cover but i didn't make any money from the shoots that i did of hip-hop like being on tour and that kind of stuff so it's kind of like you build this uh this archive and people know what you shoot and how you shot it and then they might say like okay i want that person to shoot my campaign or my brand but yeah like you know like you look at like annie Leibowitz. she has like the coolest pictures of like the rolling stones on a a private plane or backstage hanging out drinking you know jack daniels or whatever yeah and you had, you know, them on stage, you know, the, the most classic shot of like maybe like Jimi Hendrix burning the guitar or something like shit like that. And you're like, that's a person I want for to shoot my uh, my Giorgio Armani campaign. Right. Right. In Paris. Right. And you're like, well, how do you get that and that? You know, like, how do you get somebody that was shooting Rolling Stones in the dressing room to shooting... Um, you know a supermodel you know walking down the street in Paris but your what you want is their eye you know and you want their coolness because you you figure like well they're cool enough to be around the fucking Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin all this time so we want that yeah they must be that cool person too Mm. so and this is before is that us? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, as we're winding down to the wise words of Estevan, as oh, he's giving okay. us the last touch, then we slowly close this episode. We got more gum. And okay, we just, okay. We've okay. gone two hours, but you're giving oh, us a fuck. great photography right. shit. Okay, yeah, so. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, just pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, it's like a cool, you're, you're, you're going for the cool vibe. Yeah. But you want that cool person to shoot your brand. That cool cosign. Yeah, so that's where, that's, I think, what happened there. And then. Back in those days, there was these things they called budgets. And you would get this budget <laughs> to shoot this cool shit. And you could do whatever the fuck you want. So like you're saying, how does she go from shooting um, you know, Keith Richards in the backstage drinking a bottle of you know, whiskey or whatever to uh, you know... Robert Plant singing with his shirt open and his package all on one side and, you know, in the, in the tight <laughs> jeans and the yeah. fucking light coming from behind him and Jimmy Page is over there with the double neck guitar and you're like, how do you go from that to hiring them for Vanity Fair to right. have Arnold Schwarzenegger with his shirt off on a horse? Right. And it's like, you're getting that cool person to shoot this person for you this cool person in the magazine and then you're giving them enough budget to do whatever the fuck they want so they can come up with these cool ideas that you know like whoopi goldberg in the bathtub right like i can't even think like that i don't have that i want to see the world through their eyes like i don't have that i mean i want to say i'm creative but i don't have that conceptual right like creative Thing like in when my, they put Bach in, in the bathtub and shit. 
Yeah, like when they put Tupac in the bathtub or they put DMX in the bathtub with the blood. Like, I can't even think of an idea like that. Like, I Mm. can't think, like, what if we put DMX in the bathtub and he's full of blood? Like, that would be the sickest album cover. Like, I, I saw the shit. You know, I saw the final product and I was like, that is fucking bad as fuck. Like, that's a cool idea. Like, how did they get him to do that and what what was the blood and, you know, all that. And I trip out when I see photos like that. I'm like, that's fucking dope. But mm. I was like, I couldn't even come up with that concept. Like, all my shit is the way it is. Like, what you see is what you get. And, you know, I would love to be able to have that, you know, where I'm thinking all these way outside the box type of fucking, Craig shit. you know, crazy ideas. But um, I just don't see it in me. I don't think I have it. I mean, I might have it, but I see a, a lot of people doing it, and people like Annie Leibovitz, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she can do that shit. What do you think of that? You think uh, he doesn't have it? Do no, you no, believe that? I, listen, well, I think if you that's... you look at my photos, like, where have you seen... I, listen, listen, listen. Something out listen. where I thought outside the box and done something. Before we start well, tickling... all the guns a. down on the bed? What, over there? Anywhere, those pictures are all laid I out didn't on do that, that though. Oh, no, no. How about you put the money up with your daughter? I did that, There's but that was right a there. different that was a thing. That was a thing when we were doing things, and I just was like, I'm gonna put this picture here, put this shit here, and then she came running in the room, and I was like, Oh, fuck. so I didn't want her to messed up the thing or whatever so i had her right but there you were creating something right then yeah i could do it if it's there but i couldn't plan that out like i would never be able to be like two weeks ago and be like hey Send today $100 yeah today i'm gonna go get a bunch of money out of the bank and i'm gonna put a gun on the thing and put her sitting on the bed yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. i would never think of that listen what you see is what you get. What you hear Here is what, what you, you get. get on the and Hard Luck Show. Estevan. Thank you, Estevan. I mean, dropping wisdom, dropping uh, insights. It's Thank the only you. one place you can get that shit. Stay shit. tuned because we have a show coming up where we are going to peel back the Estevan Oreo Hard Luck I thought you were, photo contest. Oh, I thought you were going to say peel back the foreskin. I'm going to do that right now with myself. <laughs> uh, oh, you got any shout outs, partner? Yeah. Before I on. go peel back my foreskin? What you got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, in the, not in my pool, he says. <laughs> oh, yeah. You get you butt. The kids aren't here. You go in their butt naked. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, just shout out to everybody that I fuck with. All right. Yeah. yeah. Big That's shout simple. out to everybody Esteban fucks with. Yeah. That my includes family, us. My friends. Yep. The Hard yeah. Luck Show, Supermax. Cookies, Soul Assassins, Cypress Joker Hill, Brown, Joker Brand, Joker Brown. You know all the homies. Right yeah. on. You know who you are. You know yeah. who you are. And D-boy. if I didn't say you got yeah, D Boy Booyah Track. If I didn't say you guys, uh, you're in that list where I said everybody that I fuck with. Right. Don't I wanted to give hurt. a shout out to Estelle Oriel for coming down. Shout out to the Hard Luck Show, LA Originals. Um, Joker brand clothing, Supermax clothing, cookies, vibes. 
you know, all our people that we fuck with. Right. Mm-hmm. Chumahan's Wild Blueberries. Yes. yes. That's what my wife calls Chumahan's, them. That's what I got. Uh, she goes, give me some of those wild blueberries, mango. Poppy. What, what happened with the mango? His They're kids, right here. my kids. How are they? I'm going to get all into All the kids. Soon. The city I just of Santa Monica. It, man. I just like throw, all already? the people in the city. Mm, of probably Santa half Monica. of it's thought out. Sean, you got any shots? <laughs> hey, we're uh, trying to. Sean, me and Esteban uh, are trying to talk about fruit. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is crazy. If you want to work Go on ahead, your John. own podcast, yeah. If you want to, uh, or any sound, right? right hit me any up. Sound. Sean at movemental.media. Why do you yeah. feel yourself up when you say that? You just like touch your I chest. Don't, I don't Oh, don't get mad. He's getting mad. Listen, Ovando Bone easy, LLP. Easy. He almost walked Why do you cross here. your arms when you're talking to Michael? Because I like to touch my biceps. Is that wrong? Does that make you mad? All right, here we go. Uh, Ovando Bone LLP. And also. He's going to piss this guy off. He's already on, mad. He's already. Guy, so he's up on that, right? Can I tell <laughs> come, on, come on, come on, come on. Hello? Listen. <laughs> and also, right. wait a second. As a point of respect. As a. Uh, <laughs> As a point of respect, I want to say something. Okay. There's very few, maybe nobody, that we go up to see. Right. But Esteban Oreo is one of them, and he was... Family, bro. Hey, he was on our first shows. Yep. No, right? he was Very our first show. show. Our first, first two show. shows. Our Esteban. Our yep. Esteban show. You got to get up to get down. Show. Right. Esteban, yeah. you helped to launch this show. You got to so, get up to get down. Listen, That's I'm right. So when you wonder about, uh, hey, man, how do I get on, like... Esteban was the first two shows. You gotta get okay. on up to get down. I had to reach out to my to my partner first, right? Right. It's our dude right here. All right. And All right. Uh, like we do about this time. That's right. Adios amigos. I'll show. <laughs>